Welcome back to Energy Voice Out Loud, where we are broadcasting from the show floor of Offshore Europe today on the third day. I'm content editor Andrew Dykes, and I'm joined by Marin Strandvold from Adelshaw Goddard. Thanks very much for being with us. Thank you for having me. You've been here since Tuesday, you were saying. Yes. How are you enjoying the show so far? It's brilliant. It's, it's really good now that we're back to in-person events and conferences, and it feels like people have a lot of energy and enthusiasm for being here in person again and that's that's really great to see that's great yeah and uh, so anything that you're kind of seeing as you're walking around anything that you're thinking about while you're here theme wise well there's obviously a lot because we're in a period of transition and the energy transition is the is what this is all about and and the great thing about it is there's so many new ideas and so many different things coming together and i think that's really fascinating to see all this new technology the discussions around hydrogen are yeah. super interesting, although very difficult because nobody has any answers. No, we're not quite there yet. And carbon capture, which again, very, very interesting, but um, it's interesting to talk about the dynamics between what people are hoping to do with carbon capture versus the technical restrictions and difficulties that they're coming up with. So there's a lot to be thinking about. Absolutely. So you're a litigation specialist with yes. Adelshaw Goddard. How do you see then those themes uh, presenting themselves in your day-to-day -day work? Well, I'm quite frankly, I'm hoping to help people avoid them because <laughs> the last thing you want in, in these projects, we need the energy transition to happen. We need these projects to go ahead. And what we need to do is avoid disputes because if you need me, then, then your project has gone wrong. So what I'm trying to do is, is to talk to people about how I can help them with my, my perspective. I see a lot of risk and I, I'm very good at spotting risks because I've seen what typically goes wrong. So um, what we'd like to help people with is thinking about how you manage the risk early on so that you avoid having to call me saying, I need help, this is going wrong. So, yeah, where are you seeing the most risk then or what most concerns you, I suppose? There are a few different things going on at the moment. So obviously new technology is always risk and it's difficult to know how to manage that. So in traditional contracts, especially if, you, if you're attracting finance, you need to wrap everything up so that finance providers are very sheltered from, from the risk. There's a lot of new technology. And the question is, if the finance providers won't take the risk, who takes the risk? And you've got to wrap that up in the correct way in the contract and make sure you've got the right insurances coming in at the right stage. And then you also have the tricky bit, which is, it's all about collaboration. And what you're seeing a lot of now is that people are collaborating in ways they haven't collaborated before. And you see people coming from different industries coming together. And that's great, but they have different practices and different ways of contracting. So for example, offshore, people are all very used to logic. And onshore, people are very comfortable with FIDIC and investors love FIDIC, but it's very onerous for contractors. And when people are used to using logic, are faced with FIDIC, they usually have a bit of a heart attack because it's very onerous in comparison to logic. So getting people to talk about how we deal with those things early on, instead of just signing up to whatever, whatever's on the table is going to be really important and getting those risk allocations done correctly so that the party that's best placed to deal with the risk takes the risk. Yeah, I and mean, one thing in our coverage is we've seen a lot of kind of grumbles from supply chain that they feel very much that risk is being passed on and perhaps an unfair allocation of risk to them. Is that something that you're seeing in your practice? Yes, and I hear it a lot. I <laughs> yeah. hear a lot of people going, well, how are we supposed to deal with it? And, and, and the big question for me is when you look at the overall project is who is in a position practically to mitigate the risk? That's a big consideration because 
that 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 should be where the risk sits. Yeah. Um, and you know, is there something you can do? So, for example, I know I speak to DNV a lot. They're they're brilliant and they're doing a lot of interesting things. And they have things like technical assurance programs where you can put your put your technology through the ringer a little bit before you before you Valuable, yeah. before you get there, and then you can manage those things through the through the contract and through the contractual processes. So there are different ways of doing it. So that's a really big consideration. And I think quite frankly, there will be circumstances where those providing the finance might have to be um, a little bit more relaxed about the risks of, of, of where the funds are going, because otherwise we just won't get momentum. Yeah. So um, inflation as well at the moment, we've had a lot of chat about that. I, I guess that plays again heavily into this risks thing. And, you know, is, is there a way that we can start to manage that in, in kind of your day to day work? And I, again, it comes down to having the right provisions in place. You need to, with a lot of these projects, we're talking long term projects. Yeah. So you have to set yourself up with a bit of flexibility for change over course of time. If you have a project that's going to take three years to build, then you have to you have to build in some flexibility. You have to have change management processes. And that's where it's a combination of technical skill and contract management skill and also having the right provisions in the contract from the outset. So with all that said, we're here, you know, we're solving challenges, we're accelerating transition. Are you encouraged? Do you think the right people are in the room, you know, maybe today, <laughs> maybe in the next few months to be able to sort of wrestle out some of these problems? I think we are getting there. My biggest concern is, and it's it's not something that's new to me, I've seen it in other parts of the world and other parts of industry, is you need to get the technical aligned with the commercial, aligned with the legal. And sometimes there's just not enough communication against the, along those three, three parties. And I think that's the really important thing. Well, that's something to take away, I think, from this. Better communication, Absolutely. a little bit more collaboration as well, yes. in the right way. Great. Thanks for joining us, Marin. Thank you very much. And uh, stay tuned for more updates from the show floor of Free Europe from Energy Voice Outlive. I've been Andrew Dykes. Thanks for watching. Outloud is the podcast from Energy Voice, leading the global energy conversation. Bookmark and subscribe to energyvoice.com, sign up to our newsletter and follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter for expert analysis and insight right across the energy sector. Subscribe to Outloud on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And please do encourage colleagues and friends to listen to Outloud too. If you've enjoyed it, leaving a rating or review, especially on Apple Podcasts, helps others discover it too. Thank you.